Welcome back to the podcast that explores the practical and revolutionary uses of augmented reality. I'm your host, Avraham Raskin, a spatial UX architect with over a decade of experience in the field. Each episode, I'm going to take you on a journey to discover the limitless potential of this technology and how it's shaping industries from healthcare to architecture and beyond. Whether you're a tech enthusiast or just curious about how AR can benefit you, this podcast is for you. So join me on this journey and I promise you, you'll never look at the world the same way again. In today's episode, we're diving into the practical uses of augmented reality in the home. Imagine being able to control your lights, appliances, and even visualizing virtual furniture with just a wave of your hand. But it's not just about convenience. We'll also be discussing how AR can give us a better insight into the inner workings of our homes by visualizing this data straight over our cables and pipes hidden inside the walls. Get ready to experience the future of home automation with augmented reality and discover new possibilities that it will bring to your home. Number one, the Deluminator. Imagine being able to control your lights with just a simple gesture or voice command. Let's enter the home. We're going to start in the living room. Find a beanbag or a couch, make yourself comfortable, and join me as we visualize this idea. Look up at the lights. Are they on? What happens if you wanted to turn them off right now? And what about when you walked in the room? Was it dark? Was it easy to turn them on? What about the last time that you entered an unfamiliar room? How easy was it then to control the lights? There's a couple problems with light switches today. Number one, when you have dark rooms, you end up fumbling around looking for the light switch. Number two, when you have those light switches controlling arbitrary lights. And a lot of times it's because of number three, the different planes that the switches and the lights are on. Switches are usually on the walls, which are vertical planes, and lights are usually on the ceiling, which is a horizontal plane. Just to share with you a funny story, it happened actually multiple times, it's not just one story, but in one of my apartments, I had been living there for over a year and I could not figure out the lights for the life of me. Whenever I'd walk into the apartment, there would be light switches on my left-hand side and I would flick them all on, but only half of the lights would turn on. To turn on the rest, I would have to keep walking into the kitchen, into the living room, and then switch on the second pair of light switches. Most of the rest of the lights would come on. There was still one or two that wouldn't come. And then if I would want to continue down the corridor to my bedroom, there's another set of lights that when I turn them on, one corridor light goes on and three lights in the kitchen turn off. It was incredibly confusing. After being there for months and months, I still could not figure out which light switches controlled which lights. And this leads me on to talking about the concept of mapping. And we're going to turn to a guy called Don Norman. He's a pioneer in the field of design. And his ideas are used by many companies around the world to make their products better for people to use. He's a cognitive scientist and a human-computer interaction researcher. That means he's a scientist that studies how people use technology and how it can be designed to be more user-friendly. So in his book, The Design of Everyday Things, there are two fundamental concepts in the field of human-computer interaction. There are affordances and mappings, amongst quite a few more. 
but we're going to just focus on these two. Affordances are the properties of an object that suggest how it should be used, kind of like ways that thing can be used. Mappings refer to the relationship between the controls of a device and the actions that they perform. So like how the buttons or controls of a device match up to the actual actions that they do. For example, a light switch should have a clear mapping, a clear connection that it turns on the lights when it's flipped up and it turns off the lights when it's flipped down. You have that connection between that light switch and the light. You see that mapping of how they're linked together, how they work together. Affordances and mapping can be applied to the design of technology to make them more intuitive and user-friendly. Don Norman actually made a floor plan light switch. It's in the shape of the room. It's a 2D floor plan. It was installed in a little crevice into a column of the wall at like an angle. So it better matched the horizontal plane of the lights that it was controlling rather than the vertical plane where switches are typically. On the floor plan, the actual switches were in those locations where the lights were. So it was super intuitive. You didn't have to guess which switches controlled which lights. You could turn on the lights in a room without having to search. And especially if this is an unfamiliar space, you could walk in, see the basic layout of the room, and understand that if you flipped this switch, you would be controlling this light. It solved that mapping issue. But we can do one better with augmented reality. See, with augmented reality, we actually have a superpower. And we go way beyond the basic mapping that's trying to connect the real world and the digital world. With augmented reality, they're connected so tightly, it's a one-to-one -one connection. You're putting your interface straight on the world. It's contextual, right? That's actually a very, very powerful word in augmented reality. If you were to ask me what word best summarizes augmented reality, what is the superpower of augmented reality, it's this. It's context. It's the fact that you're no longer connecting two separate worlds in two different ways. You're not controlling something on a phone that's this alternate 2D piece of glass that you could be holding in your hand that's supposed to control a light over there. You're not dealing with a light switch that's on the physical wall. You're dealing straight with a light. So if you want to turn on the light, you can look straight at that light and maybe you point at it and you press a virtual button that appears as you point towards that light that turns it on. That's incredibly powerful because we no longer have to design any mapping into our technologies. It's built right into the inherent power of augmented reality. If we want to control the light, we just point at it and control the light. We're working straight with it. It doesn't matter anymore how dark or unfamiliar a space is. When you walk into a room, you just point at the light and it turns on. You don't have to figure out which light switches are connected to which lights. You point at a light and it turns on. I actually have a concept video for this light control that I'm going to put in the description below. And that shows how when you point at a light, a little button appears right on the light. You do a tap in midair and the light turns on. And you can do the same thing as your hand comes close and your intent is there that you want to control the light. Maybe we'll also use some sort of eye tracking. We can do that same thing. Button appears, click the augmented button that appears in the real world and you turn it off. So what are some other ideas? What more things can we do with lights? So we can do dimming. We can reach our arm out 
And with a simple gesture or a simple twist of our arm, we can dim the light. We can also change colors. I've seen a few tries with this. Some ideas do better than other ideas, but I'm going to share with you two. What a lot of people are doing is they're taking features that are in the current paradigm of technology that's usually a 2D plane, and they're 3Difying it. Which is ironic because a lot of the interface that we built for our computers, for that paradigm of that 2D screen, were directly from the real world, from the 3D world. So think of a rubbish bin. That icon is meant to signify a rubbish bin in real life. Skewmorphism, which was the idea of taking items in the real world and making them appear as realistic as you could in the 2D world. Now we've kind of leaned away from that a little bit in the last years, but with newer interfaces, we're actually introducing a little bit of the real world back into it, but not completely copying it. So the color cube was one that I didn't really like so much. I felt it was a little bit tacky, but one I did like, which was quite similar in the fact that it was 3Difying a 2D feature, was this eyedropper. So you have this tool in a lot of design programs, think of like Photoshop or those things, where you have an eyedropper that if you put it on any pixel on the screen, it'll take that hex code, it'll take that color, and that will now be in your palette. What this concept video did, and I don't have the link for it, and I tried to find it. If anyone here has seen that video and knows what I'm talking about, more than welcome to share it in the comments. What they did is they took this eyedropper and they would wave their hand around the room and any item that they would be pointing over, they would suck in that color. So quite similar to that item that Dumbledore uses in the first book of Harry Potter, the put outer, where he like sucks in the light from the lamps. It was a little bit like that, but this sucked in color with whatever object that you're pointing at, puts it into an eye picker, an eye dropper, and then you could point it at the light and like shoot out the color at the light to change the light. It was a very, it was a very fun experience. Another idea that you could do beyond dimming or changing colors is controlling multiple lights. So nowadays you can control lights in, you know, with IoT devices, in apps, but they become very cumbersome, especially the more devices that you add to these applications. They use things like scenes and rooms to help separate them and help organize all these different devices. Let's say you have 10 lights in a room. It's a pretty big room. If you wanted to control a few of them at once, you'd have like a long list of lights and you'd have to put them into a folder. With AR, I could do a simple gesture, like a lasso tool, around a couple lights and kind of group them together. And we could visualize that in a couple different ways. We could have dotted lines connecting them together, or maybe each light would have a different colored glow around it to show the group it was in. And then when you tapped one in midair to turn it on or off, it would control the whole group around it. Now, connecting objects is part of a bigger idea, and I think that may get its own episode. Number two, augmented furniture. Imagine being able to see how a new couch would look like in your living room or how a painting would fit on your wall without ever having to leave your house. Augmented reality will allow you to see how that piece of furniture would look like and how it would 
fit in your space before ever committing to buy it. So visualize this. Look around your living room. Maybe there's a piece of furniture that you want to buy. With augmented reality, you're not just limited to couches or paintings, right? You could also do chairs, fridges, and even lights. There's actually an app that you can use nowadays. IKEA has their own app called IKEA Space that you can download today on the App Store. And you're obviously looking through their catalog. But when you pick an item, you can actually put it in your space. You can put it in your living room and see how that piece of furniture fits. Now, it's a one-to-one model. It's an accurate 3D model, so it'll be the correct size. One of those things that we could place in our living room is lights. There's a company called Edison Vintage that provided 3D models for all of their collection of lights. When you're looking through a website, you're not just looking at the lights over there. You can bring those lights into your space. You can place them on the wall and you can see how they actually appear and how they would look in your space. The rendering on their video is not the best, but materials and textures are just going to continue advancing and get so realistic that you won't even be able to tell them apart from the real furniture around them. Actually, funny story, in one of the companies that I advise, they're doing something around augmented furniture, they're doing augmented staging. Their models were so realistic that when you would see them through our device, even though you were in an empty room, people would walk around, like if there was a bed in front of them, they would walk around the bed to get to the other side of the room. It was, it was actually wild. And I've got to admit that I did fall for that more than once. Another thing that you could see is instructions. So think about these IKEA furniture and the IKEA instructions it takes to put them together. So in 3D in front of you, we could show you how to construct a table. We could also pick out the screws that you require. I think there are apps nowadays that you could do this already with Lego. But imagine if you have a, a set that's deconstructed, you've just taken it outside of its box and it's sitting in front of you in the living room. We could show you which pieces, which flat boards to pick up and which screws to get. And then in 3D around you, we could show you how that piece of furniture is getting assembled right in front of you. It'll guide you through those instructions and help you to construct that table. The evolution of the famous IKEA instruction paper. Now, this is not just one piece of furniture. It could be an entire room or an entire house. Imagine walking through your entire house and these pieces of furniture appear in their rooms. They could be so realistic that when you open the door to enter a room, the item appears as if it's in the room. And when you close the door back up, it disappears behind that closed door, just like any other piece of furniture. You could also have information about that piece of furniture displayed on or next to it. It could show you things like the name or the color options or the measurements around it. Those could be bought up and you could see the dimensions of that piece of furniture. You could see those measurements. You could also see if items clash with other items. Maybe when you place a piece of furniture in the room and it doesn't fit or it's in front of another object, it could flash red to let you know that, hey, this piece of augmented furniture is taking up real world space where another item is. So you're going to have to choose something that's a bit smaller or you're going to have to reposition it somewhere. You could also paint the walls 
or change the wallpaper and see how that changes the decor of the room. Or vice versa. When you change the color of the wall or you change the wallpaper, the furniture that's been suggested for you could also change to suit this new design that you've now created. Imagine a magical button or an AI that as you walk around your house, it could suggest pieces of furniture based on the furniture that you already have in your house. Another idea could be plants. You could visualize, actually, you know what? Maybe we'll leave plants for the bedroom. Number three, x-ray vision. Imagine being able to see the inner workings of your house from pipes and cables to water flow and an electric current. With AR, you can visualize the connections and flow of power in your home all in real time. There's so much potential of augmented reality in home maintenance. It's going to change the way that we understand and manage our homes. So let's visualize this. Look at your walls. Look at the walls around you. Now look through them. Inside of your walls, there are pipes and cables. Pipes that are carrying water and sewage and cables that are carrying an electric current. There's voltage, there's energy. Imagine being able to see that flow of energy right there, right through the cables. You could see how your devices are connected. Like if you look up to the roof, you might be able to see that flow of electricity coming from your solar panels into a fridge or a washing machine. Or maybe if you're looking at a bathroom, you could see the water that's coming from a shower and you could see how that's flowing down and being recycled into the garden. You're seeing this flow. You're seeing how much energy is used in your house. You can see how much energy your house is using. There's this product that I just saw. It was a smart home electric panel. I believe there's a few companies. The one video that I saw was from Span. It's a smart panel that's installed in your home's electric box. It takes over those connections and makes it smart now. So before, if you wanted to turn off an appliance or a room, you'd have to get an electrician to come and actually like figure out which pieces where and take them out. But over here, the smart panel, every room, every appliance is labeled and it comes into an app on your phone. It also can measure how much energy is coming from renewable sources like the solar panels on your roof. Now, all that information comes into that app or a screen in your house. But with AR, we no longer have to have that information stuck on a separate screen. With AR, you'll be able to visualize those paths and connections through the walls. This is going to allow you to monitor your energy usage in real time. Through the smart electric panel, you could also make adjustments to your usage pattern to reduce your energy costs. You're getting a better understanding of what's actually happening. You can also connect this to a battery backup and you could see how long you could run your house on your battery. Now, this is pretty cool. In the app, you had two sections and with AR, I'm visualizing this being so much cooler and, and more efficient. You'll get a, a more intuitive understanding of what's going on. In the app, you had these two or three sections. One of them was nice to have and one of them was need to have. And because this was smart, you could slot your appliances into either need to have or nice to have and decide during an emergency like a storm or something like that, which appliances should stay on, which ones are need to have, 
and which ones are just nice to have. And you could then see how long your battery would last running these appliances. You're able to decide whether some items that used to be on the nice to have, maybe they should go in the need to have, or some items in the need to have no longer need to be there and they can go to the nice to have. And with augmented reality, you can get a much better understanding and feeling of what's actually happening. And through that, you're able to better manage and better control what's going on in your house. So to summarize, in this episode, we explored how augmented reality could improve the functionality and efficiency of our homes. We discussed the use of AR to control the simple light, how virtual furniture can help us better arrange and design our living spaces, as well as the ability to visualize data on the inner workings of the home, such as the flow of electricity and your home's energy usage. We also touched upon the concepts of affordances and mappings as they relate to AR design. The episode just hinted at the potential for augmented reality to revolutionize the way that we interact with our living spaces, making them smarter and more convenient. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Augmenting Your Reality. As this is a brand new podcast, I need your guys' help to build momentum and reach more people. If you like these ideas, please help spread the word by sharing this episode with at least one friend. Your support is going to help me grow and continue to provide valuable insights into the future of augmented reality. If you've got any comments or ideas that you'd like to share, please put them in the comments down below. I'm going to do my best to get through them all. I may even feature them in a future episode. Thanks guys for your support and I'll see you in the future.